I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Saints win again. Chargers cover again. L.A. has only lost one game against the spread this season, but they can't seem to win the close games. Alex Smith playing, it was amazing, but his play on the field was far from that. Even so, he's now the favorite in the comeback player of the year. Tonight, Tuesday football, Tennessee is finally going to play hosting Buffalo. How will the break affect the line? At least a field goal adjustment against the Titans. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a Tuesday, Tuesday night football, live from Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Fez getting his rest. He needs to rest up after that under last night. Back tomorrow. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, I'm a pro. He's a Joe, but he's the Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a rare Tuesday night football game in the NFL, we've got two playoff games in Major League Baseball. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Well, at the end of the hour, we're going to do a whole segment previewing the Tuesday night game. We should start reviewing Monday Night Football. That's right. It took overtime, but it was the New Orleans Saints, a 30-27 to win over the L.A. Chargers. New Orleans now 3-2 and on the season. All right, let's see if we can lay some facts out here. Takeaways. Number one, and I want to get your opinion on this, Jonas, Herbert has far exceeded expectations. This is a guy who... The smart guys, I'm going to put that in quotes, the smart guys thought, oh, it's a reach. Oh, he's got the characteristics, but not the gameplay. And that never seems to work. He's a project. You don't take projects in the top 10. I would make the case, is he maybe? Let's put Lamar Jackson in his own category. I understanding that. You know, his rookie year, he didn't play till the midpoint. He didn't play all that great in his rookie year. And then he had an amazing second year, a shockingly good second year. But not a prototypical quarterback. Other than that, name me the quarterback who's had a more impressive start. What was the last quarterback you'd say after four or five games, I'd rather, or four games, I'd rather have him over Herbert? Oh, geez. Um, I guess it just starts Patrick Mahomes because he didn't start until his second year. Yeah, so um, you could say no to that. Um, I would say, man, 
That's tough. I'm trying to go back to the Carson Wentz year. He got off to a hot See, start. I but think I don't that's know fair. But good. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking multiple, you know, yeah, it's three, been a while. four years. Yeah, it's been a while. And wouldn't you say that in the media world that the skepticism that the Chargers reached, they needed a quarterback. He was the only viable one. They would have wanted two or so much. I mean, that was the, the, the chatter. Yeah, and also the fact that he was in Oregon, and I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this now, to where it, clearly the offense that he was running at Oregon didn't showcase all of his skill set because when he got to the Senior Bowl – all of a sudden you had these scouts saying, whoa, we didn't know that this that this was part of his repertoire. We didn't know that he could do certain things like this. We knew he had the arm talent, but we didn't know he had the ability to do this. And so when you see him get out of that Oregon offense, go to the Senior Bowl during those practices, I believe he was the Senior Bowl MVP as well, too. And then he gets to the NFL on short notice, not even knowing that he's going to start. And he goes he goes head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes in his first ever start. He goes throw-for-throw throw with Tom Brady on the road uh, last week, and they nearly win that game. And then I would argue he played much better than Drew Brees did last night on the road again on primetime. I think he's been phenomenal. I agree. And you, you never know, but boy – you could not have hoped as a Chargers fan or a fan of passing, you could not have hoped for a better start, I don't think, given the givens. Now, I will say, and I agree with you, come draft time, there was talk that, oh, the Dolphins actually won Herbert. And it was like, wow, after all this tank for Tua, you think? And, you know, I don't know how true that was, but boy, in hindsight, you're talking about some revelations, you know, around the Senior Bowl. Wouldn't be crazy that 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 was the talk because what we've seen is a player better than a lot of people thought with Herbert and a lot of the the quote unquote smart guys that always are condescending. Yeah, you know, I was listening to the radio <laughs> and someone made an interesting point. I can't remember who they said. You know, all these smart people talking about when teams should kick field goals, one team should do this. When it's like, what do they do for a living? Like, how are they just like kill? Because again, <laughs> not that a not that a bus driver can't have a good opinion, but in general, if you have such a good opinion, you probably have this amazing career yourself. And a lot of these people don't, right? Yeah. So, and I get it. Part of the kind of payment of being a fan is you get to have your opinion. But that's one thing. But if you're someone with a blue check mark on Twitter or you have a microphone, yeah, you're supposed to be better than that. But it's almost like the more opinions you got, the it's. I think people who are not successful in broadcasting look at a Stephen A. Smith, look at a uh, you know other opinion people and say, oh, you just got to be over the top and 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 say outlandish things. You know, in my opinion, and you're a media guy, more, you know, a career guy, Jonas, it feels like that a guy like Stephen A., um, Skip Bayless, they don't get the credit they deserve about, yeah, they have takes that people disagree with, but there's a, there's a, there's an art to what they do. And, and not saying they don't make mistakes, not saying they don't go overboard, but there's an art to it, I think, that a lot of these, Twitter people trying to get attention don't understand. Yeah, and they're also unfazed if they get blowback for it. I mean, they don't, you know, they, like they realize people are going to crush them. They realize they're going to get killed for it, but they know that 
they're going to come strong with their opinions. Whether or not they actually deep down to their core believe those opinions, the fact of the matter is they present it in a way to where it gets a reaction one way or the, or the other, and that's why it's successful. When it comes to players and you were talking about, you know, if, if you were so good and knew what to do in those situations, you would be out there doing that for a living. I've always just looked at it like this. The reason that I do radio and sports radio is because I wasn't good enough to be an athlete. So I always respect <laughs> them, and I say, look, the, like even a, you know, a, a fly ball, if, you, if, if I had 10 fly balls, I would probably drop eight of them. Just seeing how they're tracked, seeing where they are, um, even like something that seems so nonchalant and, and we take it for granted sometimes, I just have a certain level of respect for the people that get to the top of the food chain when it comes to sports and can do it at that high level. So I try not to you know, pretend like I know more than they do. Well, welcome to the top of the food chain in media, Jonas. <laughs> but I, I, will say, <laughs> I will say this. I, I think... It, it takes a real dummy to critique the athleticism of professional athletes. They, you can compare them to each other and go, oh, he's slow for a tailback, right? But he's fast generally. That I think most people are smart enough not to do that. But something like deciding on when to go for two or when to kick the field goal, it's not objectively obvious that the people making the decisions are so much better than the, the people at home. So I don't really feel one. I think it unleashes people to have those opinions, but number two, I actually don't think it's impossible that some of the people at home would have a better opinion. I just think it's pretty unlikely that they'd be unemployed while being that talented. Right? So if, yeah. a, PA, if a PhD from NASA told me, hey, I think uh, Anthony Lynn's not making uh, the right call there. I'm going to listen, right? Odds are he's got a good chance of knowing he, what he's talking about. If it's a guy who can't get a job or he's working for minimum wage, I don't question that at all. My dad, 30 plus years as a coal miner. I appreciate manual labor. I grew up with it. I didn't do a ton of it. I tried to avoid it all I could, but I grew up with it. I think that a good working class person, salt of the earth, but you probably don't know more than the head coach. No. And you know what? Most of those working class people aren't the ones saying they do. They might say, I hated that call. They're not saying they think they're right or wrong. They're saying, that's my opinion. It's the, you know, math people, I'll say in quotes again, because they're not really math people. It's someone that took two statistics classes and then they studied a few things, went to one time, went to the uh, Sloan conference and they think they know math and they really don't. And plus you can't account for how hard it is to do in the moment. Yeah. One of the most classic things Belichick ever did was not call timeout against Seattle in the Super Bowl when the clock was ticking. And if you look at the NFL Films version of that, he's saying, look, they're discombobulated. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Let's just not call it because he saw the reality on the field. And, and so often, it's like with Jeopardy. Everyone that is kind of smart watches Jeopardy and gets some of the answers, right? And they think, I could compete. They don't realize that the people are pressing the button every time on Jeopardy, almost, and only the fastest person is even getting a chance to answer the questions. It's so much easier on your couch. Yeah. No, circumstances. Like, I've always thought that I was pretty good at Wheel of Fortune. And, <laughs> and I sw and I would just – I could guess all the answers at home. I could get – it just – it was so easy for me. And then I've thought – yeah, but if I was there in the moment, 
uh, hot studio lights beaming down on me, uh, competition with everybody else, a studio audience, a timer counting me down, not in the v- comfort Vanna of my White. own home. Yeah, Vanna White's <laughs> he's standing over there. Like, I, I, would, I would find myself in a much different place mentally than I was sitting at home just watching in the comfort of my couch, being able to answer these, not feeling any of those outside pressures. It's a whole different world. That's Jonas Knox. Better than me at Wheel of Fortune. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. So Anthony Lynn, we can say that we don't want to critique him, but the numbers don't lie when it comes to his performance as a late game decision maker. Last 15 close games. So defined as one score less final score. Last 15 close games for the Chargers. Two wins, 13 losses. Two and 13 And that goes back to week two of last season. A lot of close games, a lot of losses. But as I said in the headlines, they've covered all but one, or they've only not covered one game this season. So again, good performance from the Chargers, exceeding expectations, but not enough to actually win the game. My final point on this one, I've been a Drew Brees defender His QBR, remember, 50 is average, 66, Herbert 74, so even better. But if you look on the season, Breeze number 8, Herbert number 15. So Herbert's trending up. Breezo still a top 10 quarterback by the numbers. But we got a lot of home scouts saying, oh, he's noodle arm. (laughs) Well, noodle arm wins another one, though – it did break a streak, and this one's pretty amazing. In October, the Saints had covered. They were 17-0-1 in October against the spread. So literally, think about it. Let's say you play four games uh, a month on average. So it had been like four-plus years they hadn't lost a game in October against the spread. They lost it last night. You believe that? Um, yeah, that's and that's one of the things that you've pointed out always about the Saints. That, yeah, they'll struggle early on, but October is really when they hit their stride. And so you see those numbers. And I, if I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, I just I'm fortunate that I got the win. Period. I mean, because they did not look good in that game. It looked like what? L.A. was able to, to go downfield and, and get what they wanted when they wanted to. So the fact that they come away with a win without Michael Thomas and all the other drama that's going off the field with him, I, if you're New Orleans, you got to be feeling good that you're 3-2 well, and two right now. Let me ask you, last thing, let me ask you a question. So the Saints won yards per play. They won yards. They won first downs. They had six scores as opposed to four for the Chargers. So they had, you know, Chargers four touchdowns. It, it it feels like to me that the I mean just looking at the stats the Saints dominated the, or they they clearly played the better game. What do you think it was about what you saw that that makes the stats not tell the truth there? I look about the value of Michael Thomas. Anytime they can win without him. I think is a major plus. And we've talked about it. Fez has said on the show before, Michael Thomas is worth, what, a point and a half? Yeah, one of three non-quarterbacks worth that much in the NFL. And it's clearly a different offense without Michael Thomas. It just looked like L.A. had more firepower downfield for sure. Um, The Mike Williams being that wide open, and that's a a Saints defense that's pretty good. Mike Williams being that wide open on that long touchdown. I just felt like the momentum had swung back towards L.A. 
play. They were sitting pretty. There was an opportunity for them to win the game at no the doubt. end of regulation, and they missed the kick. They also missed another extra point. That turns out to be huge. Um, I'm just if I'm New Orleans, whenever he's not on the field, take the win how you can get it and go forward. Yeah, they got the win, but also, and again, I, to me, this is a reoccurring theme as we wrap the segment, is how the Saints, I don't know if it's expectation or what, but they did win yards, first downs, yards per play. They were minus one in turnover, which is hard to overcome, and they still did that, and part of that, no doubt, mistakes from the Chargers. When we come back, this is amazing because the Alex Smith story really is a heartening, inspirational story. But if you look at his performance, it was as bad as any this year as a quarterback. But somehow he's the favorite to win the comeback player of the year. We'll break it down. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a look at one of the better stories in sports in a long, long time. Yes, a good story, Jonas, but the odds don't make any sense. (laughs) But they do. They do. You just got to know what you're betting. Great day to join us. And we do have Tuesday Night Football coming up. We are the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we promise best football season yet will continue. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. In Vegas, on the strip, 91 degrees. And the neon is flowing. So, RJ, before we get into those comeback player of the year odds in the NFL, we do want to let you know about the Breeders' Cup because on November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. Alex Smith was called to duty after almost two years away after a devastating leg injury, RJ, on Sunday against the the Rams. Kyle Allen goes down with a shoulder injury. Alex Smith comes in. It was great to see him on the field, but the performance was nowhere close to it. No, and first off, with, we should have known with Kyle Allen, when you have such small hands, you're frail. <laughs> you know, frail, skeletal. <laughs> but, all joking aside, in a way we owe it to Alex Smith to be candid about the performance. We can celebrate, and I think we should the amazing perseverance. And and I'll be honest with you. I don't get it. I get wanting to come back to your physical health. I totally get that. Um, And I so respect the amount of work it takes, you know, with an injury like that and the, the surgery after surgery. And, oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's courageous. I mean, that's not too strong a word. Alex Smith, courageous. But, when he was on the field, let me ask you as a fan, as a human being, I was scared for him. Yeah, I was too. He got uh, Early on, he got sacked, and Aaron Donald was, was on him, and they were standing up. And I couldn't help but just watch his leg the entire time and almost given a side eye of, God, I, I hope the same thing doesn't happen when he got taken down to the ground. It was great to see him, but I was terrified that something was going to happen. And, and if you've seen just – like he had to go – because it was so severe, he had to go to a, a special um, – 
a, a unit in San Antonio that deals with bomb blasts. That's how severe his injury was. It wasn't even just a football injury. He was talking with people who went to war and had limbs blown off and were recovering from that. That's how bad the injury was. And to see him come back, it was it was a little terrifying at first, for sure. And I'm not sure that changes, to be honest. Yeah. Though, obviously, as he takes hits, you're going to feel like, okay, he can take that hit or that. But that's the thing about these types of injuries. They're, there's a certain randomness you can't control to them. It's just a certain angle, a certain moment, a certain amount of weight. But it goes to show, if you had any doubt before, you should not have any doubt now. These professional athletes are a different breed. There's something in them that motivates them in a way that doesn't make a ton of sense to a, a typical person. And to me, I admire it. And I, as kind of a compulsive type who you know can get obsessive about achievement myself I kind of feel like I can relate to certain parts of professional athletes not the physical side but the aspirational side I can't relate to this I I, I, you know in a way that I'm almost in awe of right I'm in awe of the drive to not care it's one thing to work really hard it's another thing to say any moment It could all be taken away, all that work. And he could be worse off than he was after the first injury. And, I mean, who knows? I'm not a dog. I mean, obviously, they've contemplated this stuff. But just as obviously, it's got to be Alex Smith's decision. All that said, on the field, not good. And still, the odds on the comeback player of the year are so noteworthy. So, this was a situation in the second half. They have a concept in football, and it's called successful plays or success rate. So that's all based upon if it's third and nine and you get eight yards, is that a success? No, right? But if it's fourth and one, you get one yard, it is a success. So he was 0 for 17 with successful plays in the second half, Alex Smith. Five sacks, four incompletion, or check that, five sacks, seven incompletions. One failed scramble, which means not enough yards in the scramble, and four failed completions. His net loss was 24 yards on those plays, if you count the sacks as a negative. 0 for 17 successful plays. Now, does that take away that it's amazing he got to the point he could even walk on an NFL field and be halfway competitive? No, it doesn't take away from that at all. But it does take away from Washington as a viable team with him at quarterback, at least with the evidence so far. And it also makes you wonder about the comeback player of the year. Now, this is an Associated Press um, award, but you can bet on it. And right now, Alex Smith is a minus 330 favorite. Wow. The second favorite is over 4-1 to Big Ben, and Cam Newton tied it over four to one. So think about what Cam's done. Yeah. Think about Big Ben. They're both a hundred wins you four hundred plus, and here a hundred wins you on Alex Smith about thirty dollars. So thirty dollars for a hundred versus four hundred for a hundred. The difference between Alex Smith and Big Ben and Cam Newton. I just I there's got to be real value with Ben and Cam just in the sense that. 
they've already declared that if Kyle Allen's healthy to play and it looks like he's going to be good to go, that he's going to be back out there. So I don't know how you would give this award to Alex Smith if he only gets spot duty throughout the course of the year and those guys are you know bringing their teams to the postseason. I got to wonder, and we have, a, we have a topic on the show, a segment. It's called Taboo, but it's true. So this is taboo, what I'm going to say, but is it true? Is this the tanking? Is this saying, hey, we'll give Flipper, Kyle Allen, his chance, but he's not, listen, the guy's not, you know, there's a reason he got drafted like in the sixth round. So let's assume he plays a game or two, doesn't do so well. That's a good assumption. And then, hey, Alex Smith, it's his time. Let's give him a chance. Let's see what we got. Isn't that the way to demonize, in a way, make Haskins, in a way, if you're trying to demonize Haskins by saying we don't want to play him anymore, it was a bad draft choice by the former regime, what do you do? You actually have a horrible player on the field that's a feel-good story, and Haskins can't even beat him out, which demonizes Haskins, makes him bad, disposable. Alex Smith gets, you know, he's doing, he's trying his best, so you can't blame him, and Washington ends up getting maybe the number one pick. Yeah, I, I mean, geez, it, we've talked about this before. I don't know that, that I buy into tanking, but I do think that franchises and front offices maybe don't put their teams in the best position to succeed. And well, so Jacksonville would be a case. Uh, Washington, uh, you could make that argument as well, too. The Giants and the Jets uh, have been have been awful. Um, there feels like there's going to be a real race to the finish to see who's going to get that number one pick and the opportunity to take Trevor Lawrence. And, and plus – Who's to say it seems like there's like three good quarterbacks with the what what is it North Dakota State quarterback who's not playing? Yes, and and he's he's not playing. He played one game and then opted out. Um, and I'm I, I his name is slipping my mind right now. But him, Justin Fields, yes. and then obviously uh, Trevor Lawrence are the big three. And listen, one of the things we'll be talking about. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. It's here. Trey, Trey Lance out of uh, North Dakota. Yeah. One thing we'll be talking about here a ton is I'm a skeptic of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He's literally, when he's played a game in which he's not a double-digit favorite. So let's say if you're not a double-digit favorite, you don't have a dominating um, uh, edge over the other team. Uh, There's only been three of those games, and his completion percentage is like 50% in those games. I know it's three games, but in theory, it's the three games that were even competitive you know, that he played. And I'm not saying he's not going to be good. This is more of an extension of the Andrew Luck stuff. The idea that this is the second coming. Like right now, I would take Herbert over Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah. For the next 10 years. But how many people do you think would agree with that? I'd say very few. Yeah, and I also wonder which which situation, because we've seen Joe Burrow's played really well, but he's taken a beating. I, I think he's on pace. I saw he's on pace to get sacked like 60-something times this year. And so it goes back to what's the best situation for you? The Chargers have, have weapons, so it feels like that thing is going to work because they do have talent around them. But if you're if you're Trevor Lawrence, which is the best situation of all the teams that are vying for the number one pick? 
The Jets are a disaster. Jacksonville, we've talked about. I don't know. Washington, outside of McLaurin at wide receiver, they don't really have a, a ton that you can rely on. So it doesn't feel like any of these potential landing spots are going to are gonna turn up and, and be a successful start to his career for Trevor Lawrence just based on what's around him. I mean, other than the rare cases where a Peyton Manning gets hurt and then a good team is really bad, by definition, a top pick is going to go to a bad team. Right. All you yeah. can all you can hope for is a good coach and a good organization. And when I say a good organization, I mean owners that keep out of it effectively. Right. The, the Roonies and the Steelers. That's a good organization. Why? Because the Roonies don't get involved. They pick their guys and let them do their thing. And to me, that makes the Jets especially problematic. It seems like, and potentially other teams problematic. I look at Miami. Now they obviously have Tua. And you're hearing a lot of talk now about, uh-oh, Dolphins better have been right about – it's like, why? They took a pick. So they, they, Tua could be good and Herbert could be great or yeah. vice versa. But why are the Dolphins like under any more pressure for that pick to be right than any other pick? Yeah, and I think a lot of people may look at it as law of averages. Not every one of them is going to work out. But, you know, you can go back to some years to where if you go back to 2017, you had Mahomes, Watson, and Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky hasn't worked out like those guys, but they made the playoffs. They won some games there. I also think the team that's interesting to watch for a potential Trevor Lawrence spot is Atlanta because Atlanta's winless. And if they were to end up picking number one, with seeing how Matt Ryan has regressed and just that's a that's a conversation that's got to be had that if, oh. if you have an opportunity you got to take a conver- it's not a conversation I don't Jones. know I mean I just what I'm, ba- what, I'm, what I'm saying is it's a pick that's a, I would too Peyton Manning went to two Super Bowls after they jettisoned him from the Colts. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if you got an all, if you think you got a 15-year type quarterback and your quarterback's in his mid-30s or older, forget about it. It's an automatic, I think. And, and if that quarterback has any value, it, that someone would trade for him. And I just wonder, and I would need to look up the contracts and see how what the opt-outs are. So I don't even know if this is possible, but. Who would you rather have right now running that 49er offense, Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo? Matt Ryan's best year of his uh. career was with Kyle Shanahan. They've got a great relationship. Um, he he did amazing things there. I just wonder if Atlanta's picking high enough and they've got an opportunity to take a young quarterback, do you just flip this whole thing over? You've still got Julio Jones. You've got weapons that you can throw to like Ridley there. And then maybe Matt Ryan pursues something else. And who knows, that could be San Francisco to reunite with Kyle Shanahan. Though I will say say this to close is the idea when you start a narrative and the narrative was Jimmy G's no good look Shanahan doesn't trust him and that was a narrative that started last um, playoffs is when you see affirming evidence oh look that's positive to my argument <laughs> like the performance yeah. with Jimmy and then you see uh, negative or, or you know let's say dispositive evidence yeah. and it's like you ignore it and Jimmy G was hardly he couldn't play last week and he finally he limped onto the field now is that him if that's him he's worse than anything we've seen it, I just wonder is that the aberration is that the fluke because he was hurt and I'm not saying Jimmy G's a top 10 quarterback, but I think most people think he's a top, you know, 16 quarterback. Yeah, I like him. I, I, th- I think he I think he gets 
I, I think he, I don't think he gets a fair shake just based on the fact well, yeah, that people, because of people like you. Well, no, but but I'm, now I'm joking. <laughs> but but I also think people hold it against him that he got his contract and he got his money, and some people thought it was too soon. Uh, and so because of that, the conversation around Jimmy Garoppolo is always go. Oh, why would they pay him all that money? He hasn't. And I mean, he's won a lot of games. They've been pretty successful when he started. They've been a much better team when he started. I just you know I wonder. If Kyle Shanahan has the opportunity to land a Matt Ryan if he goes in that direction, because well, they yeah. did, they did look into Tom Brady yep. this offseason. So uh, the question is, is 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 Matt Ryan even any better than Jimmy G at this point? Yeah. So let's do this. A quick update on World Series odds for the first time: the Dodgers are not favored. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Back to you. Thanks, Dan. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today. More than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. <laughs> Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Real quick before the break, the World Series odds entering today's games, the Tampa Bay Rays, the favorite, plus 150, Dodgers, first time all year, not the favorite. They're at plus 210. Then the Braves, plus 250. Astros, 14 to 1. So Dodgers better win tonight. Let's hope if you're a Dodgers fan. When we come back, rumor is Jonas might have his biggest Tuesday NFL (laughs) pick ever. Second Tuesday game ever, so who knows? That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we've got an NFL game on a Tuesday. Undefeated teams meet in about 10 minutes from now in Nashville. It is the Bills at the Tennessee Titans. And right now on pregame.com, Buffalo is a three-point favorite. So is it true we might be getting a Jonas Knox special, a Tuesday I, special? <laughs> I actually, I'm staying as far away from this game as possible. I, I, because I got an, and and you just in covering this stuff and doing this for as long as you've done it, when you get a rare game like this on an odd night, and you've got one team that's dealing with COVID, another team whose schedule's been moved around. This just feels like we're going to be in for a sloppy game to me. That's just my gut feeling. Well, if that's true, that's disadvantage Titans. Because the Titans are a team that's built on execution, on being precise. I mean, they're physical, but they they don't have a lot of, you know, superstar playmaking talent. Yeah. And that's kind of you roll the ball out and say go. And that's what those, you know, and Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, you know, Brown, obviously in the past, it's sometimes that, you know, who's going to win a pickup game? Right. And to me, the Bills win a pickup game. Yeah. And it feels like this is not a pickup game, but it's as close as any NFL game can be. And let's think about why. It's not just it's been 10 plus days since the Titans could practice before they practiced on Sunday. So they went like 10 plus days without practice. And then they have what? A a day and a half of practice. I don't know how you even characterize it. Right. That we've never seen an NFL team really in that situation, have we? 
Not that I can recall. It could be no. a catastrophe. I mean, yeah. it could be like. And on the other hand, don't forget, the Bills were going to play on Thursday against Kansas City at home, which was a game of the year type game, right? I mean, I yeah. guess New England, but it was one of the games of the year, considering how well Buffalo is playing. And it was a situation where they didn't know. It was like, it might be that. It might. And now they got to travel for this game. I think you're going to see some real dis- fatigue, distraction, just that kind of stuck at the airport mentality of, yeah, you've only been sitting there waiting, but it makes you tired, right? If you're at the yeah. airport for 12 hours, yeah. it makes you tired. So personally, if I had to play the game, I'd play the Bills just because I think the effect of Tennessee may be gigantic. And if you actually look at the spread, it's over a field goal that's been adjusted. And we can't tell exactly because how much has Buffalo been upgraded since the beginning of the year? How much is Tennessee? Because remember, Tennessee is the first team in NFL history to start 3-0 and uh, straight up and 0-3 against the spread. So this is a situation <laughs> where on one hand, they've won every game. On the other hand, they've underperformed every game Tennessee has. That's the definition of losing against the spread. And then such a precise team that needs precision with a unprecedented lack of practice, I'm willing to bet, or maybe I'm not willing to bet, but I would bet if I had to against Tennessee in that spot. So more on bills, but I'm going to pass the game and just watch. Uh, RJ, we are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. I do want to tell you that on November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. Back tomorrow, 6 Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 